Welcome to the 163rd episode of the Reading and Writing Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Rutherford. Stay tuned for my interview with mystery writer Jesse Crockett, author of Drizzle with Death, the first book in the Sugar Grove Mysteries, and also Jesse's second book in the Sugar Grove Mysteries, Maple Mayhem, will be released on July 1st. Again, stay tuned for my interview with Jesse Crockett. This interview was recorded live at the Crime Bait Conference in Boston, Massachusetts. The Reading and Writing Podcast is sponsored by the book-loving nerds at Riffle. Riffle is an online book community that connects readers with authors and books that they'll love. Readers use Riffle to find the next book that they want to read. And authors use Riffle to make their books stand out and drive sales. Join the Riffle community today at rifflebooks.com. That's R-I-F-F-L-E-B-O-O-K-S dot com. And look for the link in the show notes as well. Jesse, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Sure. Well, for those listeners who haven't read Drizzled with Death yet, how would you describe the novel? It's a mystery set in a tiny little community in a rural town in New Hampshire. Set on a family farm, and the main character is a local syrup maker, and she's really trying to differentiate herself in a really crowded family environment. She's the youngest, she lives with her extended family, and she's trying to carve out a niche for herself. Great. And um, so, before we before we started recording, we were talking about Crime Bake, which is where we're recording this, and you said that you've been here for seven years. Um, and, and I'm assuming then that you came as an aspiring mystery writer? That's correct. I came the first time eight years ago. I only missed one year okay. in, in that time frame. And um, I hadn't even finished a first manuscript, not even the first draft of a first manuscript. So the Crime Bake is really a place that you get a lot of inspiration and a lot mm-hmm. of um, technical and craft advice. And it's really a wonderful conference. So had you always been interested in, in writing and specific, specifically mysteries, or how, how, did you, how did you first get interested? I was always interested in writing. That was something I really knew that I wanted to do. I was one of those kids with a vast array of imaginary friends, and uh, so I knew that was what I wanted to do. And the first chapter book that I ever read was The Bobsy Twins at the Seashore, and I was so <laughs> proud of myself for reading a chapter book. That I think that really made the uh, the a real pleasure in mystery mm-hmm. fiction. So um, it's just something I've always loved. My mother was an avid mystery reader. We had lots of mysteries in the house. Right. And uh, so it's been a life full of That's great. So so what was the the path of publication like for your first novel, Live Free or Die? So for my first novel, it was um, published by a very small press, mm-hmm. and that's. Um, based in Connecticut, mm-hmm. and when they were um, they were starting out, they were only interested in acquiring uh, stories either set in New England or um, written by New England novelists, mm-hmm. or with a connection to New England. So that made the odds for publication a little better for someone like me, who both lived in New England and set a mystery in New England. So um, I had been uh, pursuing publication with all of the fairly common agent queries and that sort of thing, the rejections that go with them. And then um, I am a member of the Guppies, which is the internet chapter of the Sisters in Crime organization. Mm -hmm. And someone very generously mentioned that she was published 
with this uh, press, mainly with the press, and that they were open to submissions. And so I submitted, and I heard back quite quickly, and they wanted um, they wanted a full manuscript, and then they made an offer publication right before the crime bake in 2009. <laughs> That's great. So That's that great. was really wonderful. And, and how about your your uh, drizzle with death? How did that come about? Um, that also has kind of a um, connection to the Sisters in Crime. I found my agent through Sisters in Crime, someone who was looking um, to work with authors that were uh, based in New England. He was really looking to grow his list in that way. And so I contacted him, and um, it was just an instant match. And we were able to sell this series to um, Berkeley Crime Crime uh, very quickly. And I was able, I got my contract um, the day before Crime Bake in um, <laughs> 2011. That's great. <laughs> so that That's was great. wonderful. <laughs> so um, you, you said that you live in a small town in New Hampshire. Have, have any of your neighbors or friends read your novels? And what is the reaction then? Well, yes, they have. And um, that's really been a lot of fun because um, people always come up to me and say, you know, that seems like so-and-so or that seems like this-and-such or I recognize this and that. But that happens to me in my own town and anywhere else I travel. Right. Everyone's small town shares elements, which is one of the things that's so nice about the more traditional village mystery is that even if you live in a big city, you live in a small neighborhood in a big city. Sure. Or you work in an office that's essentially a small community in a right. big corporation. So, um, we all have that sort of feeling of uh, who the, the people are that are troublemakers and who are the smoothers and who's the person most likely to be voted that you'd like them to be dead. <laughs> so, um, it's, and that's the person who ends up dying? I like it that way. <laughs> not everyone does it. It's maybe not as much of a surprise, but it's very satisfying to me from a, um, just a tidiness in life standpoint that you don't find in reality. Sure. So when you when you first started working on um, your own novels and your own writing, did you did you begin um, at the beginning writing kind of regional mysteries, or did you try your hand at other things? Well, I am a nobody even remembers how far back New Englander. So I was I was actually born in Detroit, but my family okay. is all from Maine okay. and had unfortunately moved away while my mother was pregnant with me. So um, I missed out on being born here. So okay. not native, but almost. <laughs> So, um, and I'm sure the people who are in your town remind you of that. I, I, my <laughs> official bio does say a nearly lifelong resident. Yeah. <laughs> I don't claim anything else. Um, and uh, but it, I don't, I don't really feel interested at this point in time in writing anywhere else because I think it's such a deep vein to mine. New England is a wonderful place to write about anyway, and it's certainly a delicious place to write about crime because it's like it's kind of creepy. It's, it's really old. Sure. And um, it's cold, and, and people get bitter over the winter, so it's perfect for stodging up grudges. Yes. So so what are you working on now? I have, um, I'm working on the third book in the Sugar Grove series. It's actually due in May. Okay. And so um, that's what I'm working on at the moment. And, and when, when is the second one slated? The second one's already in and it will be out in... July of 2014, okay. and it's titled Maple Mayhem. So, yes, blood force trauma. <laughs> and so, so you know, given the given the the setting and the titles, did did you have to do any research on like the maple industry? Of course, and, and <laughs> of course, yes. Um, I've been to New Hampshire Maple Weekend, and I know people who are sugar makers at least seasonally. So, um, yes, and really. I do a lot of research involving um, 
the food products sure. as well, I would. Right, you know, right. It's really a hardship. And, and, and for those listening who aren't aware, maple syrup in New England is very serious. If I'm not mistaken, there was someone who, who was sent to prison in Vermont for selling uh, maple syrup that, what, that was fake, basically. That, yeah, it's that, a big deal. It, yeah. You really need to be doing, you know, it's, it's, a, it's labor-intensive. It takes a lot of work. I mean, it doesn't run out of the tree and jug itself. Exactly. <laughs> so um, you really need to take it seriously. And, it, and also, I think that people would really, they have a lot of confidence that when they're buying real maple syrup, they're buying real maple syrup. Right. And a bad apple that's trying to sort of make that not be quite true makes everyone in the industry look bad. Sure. So that is just not the done thing. Yeah, yeah. So, so um, given your success to date, uh, what writing tips would you have for aspiring writers who would like to have their own mysteries published? Well, I think they should pursue things that are really the type of thing they'd like to see on the shelves because that uh, I think that in the early stages, your um, passion for your project really keeps you motivated to keep going because it can be quite a discouraging business from the amount of rejections to acceptances that you're likely to encounter. So your own personal passion is the fuel to keep you moving. Um, and also, I think that my strategy for, for writing is to approach it like I would hostessing an event, which means I really need to keep my guests in mind. What's going to make them feel comfortable? What's going to make them feel entertained? How am I going to most welcome them and make them feel um, like they want to come back? And if you treat your reader, your ideal reader that way, I think you might be finding more success because who isn't um, enchanted by someone sort of laying out the red carpet for them? Sure, sure. So when you when you started working on this series, were there any uh, mystery writers or, or non mystery writers that, that kind of inspired you or that you that you looked to? Um, there are a lot of writers that I've really enjoyed through the years, and um, I tend to write in a really lighthearted manner. I've been told by other people, not just my mother, that their um, my books are quite funny. So um, it's not surprising that authors that I really have enjoyed are funny. Um, a mystery author that I really love that I think is funny is Charlotte McLeod. Mm -hmm. She's written several different series. And I also love Dorothy Cannell. Mm -hmm. She um, writes a, a series set in England, um, starting with The Thin Woman. And I would definitely read those in order if people are interested. <laughs> um, they're wonderful. But I also love P.G. Woodhouse mm -hmm. and E.F. Benson, who writes the Lucia books. They're, right. they're really, they're set in the small, small towns and they're wonderful as well. That's great. And so, um, I mean, uh, talking about, you know, humor in your writing, is that something that comes naturally to you or is that something as you're writing that you're, that you're looking for opportunities to turn situations into humor? It's something that I don't seem to be able to help. I didn't know that I would, when I wrote, started to write my first book, I didn't realize it was going to come out funny and I was a little bit I guess maybe embarrassed is the wrong word, but I was it was worrisome. Like, oh, oh no, oh dear. What if I am only cracking myself up? And it's so it, no, I can't seem to turn it off. I, I am going to try, <laughs> but not for this series. So do you do you have ideas for for you know other series or novels that, that aren't that I aren't rumors? Yeah, and I am eager to see what that would look like because it's fun to sort of stretch in different directions. I have a real concern that maybe I'll never be able to pull that off. <laughs> that the humor will keep creeping yeah, back in? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> 
so so I know you mentioned um, a minute ago uh, writers that had kind of inspired you. Have you have you read any uh, books recently, fiction or nonfiction, that, that made an impression on you and that you would recommend? Let me see. Um, recently, I read the Manual of Detection by Jedediah Barry. I thought that that was beautiful. Um, he was here at the Crime Bank a few years ago when the book came out, and it was wonderful. It was dreamy and enchanting. Um, I just, I'm behind the curve, but I just read The Night Circus, mm-hmm. and that has that same sort of dreamy and enchanting quality. Um, so those are two recent ones that sure. I really love. Sure. So if someone's interested in learning more about you, where can they find you online? You can find me at my website, www.jessicarker.com. And I'll have a link to that in the show notes as well. And I also am um, on Facebook, Jesse Crockett on Facebook, and I am and on Twitter, also Jesse Crockett, because for some reason I managed to get my name early on, so I'm really me. <laughs> great, great. Well, again, we've been speaking with Jesse Crockett, author of Drizzled with Death. The novel is in bookstores now, so grab a copy. And Jesse, thanks for doing this interview. Thank you so much for having me. I really great. appreciate being on. Sure. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.